You're listening to Root Lock Radio. Hello and welcome to Root Lock Radio, a podcast for uncloaking, learning, and exploring the tarot cards. My name is Weston and I'm your host. The beacon card for today's episode is justice, and so it is aligning with the beacon card of this season of the podcast. As I have been explaining along the way, justice has become become integral in my understanding of the Major Arcana journey and the lessons of the tarot as a whole. Last week, we dove into justice in the second in a series of three Major Arcana reframe episodes, the first being The Fool, and today we will wrap up this kind of mini-series of reframe episodes by looking at the world. I will talk about the world as another card that gives us insight into the Major Arcana journey and the philosophy that I personally think the tarot is here to teach us, which I see as a corrective to the ways that the power structures in our world tend to be anti-spiritual and often even quite destructive toward our relationship with our own spiritual core. But first, a couple of announcements. As I mentioned last week, I'm going to take a mid-season break for a few weeks. I'm not sure exactly how many weeks, but I plan to be back on the air within the month, so keep, keep your ears out. And the other announcement is that I'm going to be doing a Q&A episode in the second half of this season. And for this episode, I will be only answering questions about the major arcana and the spiritual values or philosophy of the tarot. So if you have a question that fits that criteria, please submit it. The best way to do that is to submit the contact form on my website, which I will link in the show notes. All right. That's it for announcements. Let's get into it and take a look at the world card. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Rootlock Radio. final card that I will focus on in this sort of mini-series in this season of reframing Major Arcana cards, the final card is The World. Two episodes ago, I reframed The Fool, and then last week I reframed Justice. The Fool is a card that exists before, but also in many ways outside of the Major Arcana journey. In Justice, is a card that splits the journey in half and contains an echo of the fool, as we also talked about last time. So the very placement of these two cards in the journey makes them stand out. The world, too, stands out because it's the final card in the journey, and being the final card puts a lot of significance on the world card, which alone I think can make it kind of intimidating to work with. 
The world is a tricky card in other ways besides its placement as well, which is another reason to spend some time on it. Even though it is the last card in the journey, I find that people, including myself, grasp for its meaning. If we are at the end of the journey, how did we get here? What are we supposed to have learned? What do we know at this moment? And furthermore, how is this represented in the image on the card? What do we make of that floating person in a wreath surrounded by animals that we see on the Smith Rider Waite card? When we talked about the fool, we discussed how the image fits the concept that is kind of the thesis of the tarot in a way. And this thesis is that presence is a way for us to find joy and to pull ourselves out of anxiety, which is at the root of so many of our problems. And an inhibitor, right? Anxiety is an inhibitor of our emotions and spiritual connection. On the card, we have a figure standing on the precipice. And rather than looking down in fear or paying mind to the warning that their dog is giving them, They are immersed in the moment, the sunshine, the flower. Presence allows us to transcend anxiety. And we often find presence by connecting to our senses. So the sun on our skin, the scent of a flower, the cool breeze on the top of a mountain. These are things that bring us into the present moment. And presence brings a lightness and a bounce to our step, which we see in the Fool card as well. But with the Justice card, we saw a very straightforward image, which presented challenges in its own way. When we already have all these associations of what the word justice means, then the image on this card does us no favors in taking us deeper. But the placement of the card does. When we look a little deeper, we notice that that card being kind of in the middle in a way that presents some challenges, which we talked about last time, really makes us think a little bit more about the nature of that card. And if we try to divide the journey, which I see as the magician to the world because of the nature of the fool being sort of outside of that journey, if we try to divide that journey in half, justice is going to be split down the middle, right? Right down the middle. Justice then presents us with an uncomplicated and very precise representation of what causes most of us anxiety a lack of control. Our human minds want to hold on to control. We want to know what is going to happen tomorrow, but we never really can. And any unknown or gray area just attracts anxious thinking. It's like an anxiety magnet. So when something is 100% out of our control, and in my view, justice is the only card along the journey that embodies this, then we are certainly going to butt up against anxiety. And in a moment where we get split down the middle or it feels like our lives are getting split down the middle, right? we are noticing that this is a moment where we really have no control. We can't stop whatever that force is, that sword that's splitting our lives, right? And so we have that anxiety of having a lack of control. And so between these two cards, we begin to see what tarot is trying to teach us, that presence is a portal that allows us to get past anxiety in order to access our, what I call our spiritual selves. And only when we regulate our anxiety and get present can we feel what it is like to be truly at home in the universe. 
And that to me is spirituality, those moments where we feel that connection and comfort, right? And different people in different belief systems attribute this to different things. But I think the universal is that feeling of being truly at home, interconnected, a part of it all. And we can only feel that when our anxiety is regulated. And this is a constant battle because our human minds and our human society tend to favor seeking control over seeking presence. And seeking control is an anxiety response. So on one level, we battle this within ourselves. Our nervous systems are designed to seek out conditions in which we feel in control. And try as we might, we never can be in total control. And try as we might, we can never get rid of our nervous systems. They are embedded in our bodies, right? And programmed to keep us alert to danger. They help us to feel safe and to stay safe, but also stand in the way of accessing this more spiritual side of things, right? This, this relaxation and feeling of connection. So on an individual level, in order to access this other side of things, we have to learn how to regulate our own nervous systems so that we can reach that state of calm and feel that interconnectedness that is inhibited when we feel anxiety. And then on a more collective level, we live in a world, right, where power and control are dominant values. And these values, which I consider human and masculine in nature, and I say that meaning as opposed to feminine and spiritual in nature, which you probably recall me talking about in past episodes, if you've listened, um, those masculine human values of power and control, right, are favored in most collective situations. So everything from governments to corporations to universities, even schools and churches, most institutions have some level of power and control at their core. Even if it's hidden, it is human nature. And power and control are driven by anxiety. So really, these structures are sort of an expression of our nervous systems, right? People are afraid of what would happen if we did not have power and control structures. But tarot shows us that we all share the ability to access another side of things where we're living in a more feminine and spiritual value state and where these values dominate. And it's actually in this state where we can access real feelings of safety there is not a lot that we can do as individuals to change this issue with the collective, not immediately at least. But the more we do it on an individual level, the more we bring it out into the world. And I honestly don't think the goal of tarot is to transform society from masculine human values to feminine spiritual values. Instead, I think the goal is to give us each tools to navigate this anxiety control complex that is so pervasive in the human world. And the better we are at really seeing and navigating that complex, the more likely we will be able to dismantle it. But I think really tarot's here to teach us how to navigate it, how to access the other side of things. What we do with that or beyond that 
is sort of up to us. And it's pretty ambitious to think about like dismantling these big structures, right? As much as I would love to see that happen, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's realistic. So let's talk about the world card. If tarot is a tool to help us to learn to regulate anxiety, seek presence, and in doing so access what I am calling spirituality, but it could also be called mental and emotional health or feeling whole or feeling in touch with your core self or your true nature or your authentic self. If tarot is a tool to get in touch with that, then the world card as the end of this archetypal journey represents what it looks like to get some mastery of this set of skills that we encountered throughout the journey, right? In different ways. So rather than being it being a permanent state of transcendence, where we achieve some kind of enlightenment and are forever in the state of bliss, right? And we could arguably think that that's what we're seeing on this card, this person sort of transcending the human experience and floating off into this wreathed sky thing. Um, I don't think that's what's happening here. I think it's, it's really a realistic picture of how far we can go spiritually as humans. And there is a limit to that. That is the significance I attach to the world. It is as far as we are capable of going spiritually as humans. And the limit, right, is because as humans, we cannot get rid of our nervous systems and we cannot just extricate ourselves from human society. I hate to say it this way, but we will always be immersed in anxiety and always be struggling to seek control where we don't have it. The way things are going, I imagine regulating anxiety is going to be more and more important as we encounter more and more overstimulation and just complexity and this, the impact that this has on our nervous systems, right? But we can learn to respond to anxiety in a new way, and the world is here to show us what that looks like, what it looks like to have mastery over that. So just consider the name of the card, the world. This isn't the universe, though I think some decks sometimes call it that. It isn't enlightenment. It isn't transcending the human condition. Think of the word, the world. The earth is the word we use to talk about the planet, right? The physical planet that we live on. The world is the word we use to talk about the social structure of humans on that planet. This card isn't here to detach us from our human experience. It is not here to dissociate us from the human side of things, where anxiety and the striving for control exist. Because as humans, we will never, ever, ever get past that. It is part of who we are structurally. It is built into our bodies. Instead, the world is here to show us how we can exist in the human world in the best way possible, given the limitations we face, both individually and collectively. So let's think about the echo card of the world, which is Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune is a significant card because it is number 10. We enter the double digits with 10, which is a significant moment numerologically and something we will continue to talk about this season. 
10 is where 1 meets 0. The 1 of the individual meets the 0 life force energy that is everywhere and nowhere at the same time, and which is embodied by the fool. So we talked about 0 when we talked about the fool, right? So while cards 1 through 9 are building resources that we can later draw on, in card 10, we begin to butt up against the truth that we are, that there are many forces outside of our control and that our resources can't solve everything. The wheel of fortune turns whether you like it or not, just as the planet spins and orbits the sun, both of which are events that have profound impacts on our lives, right? The change of season, just the, the structure of a day, right? But we have no control over that right? We have no control whatsoever. But Wheel of Fortune is asking us to identify where we do and do not have control so that we can take agency where we do and apply acceptance where we do not. I often think of the serenity prayer from 12-step addiction recovery programs when I'm thinking about the Wheel of Fortune. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. This is actually a really incredibly appropriate saying for us to use at this moment in the journey. Because courage, right, is a word that I associate with the strength card. Wisdom is a word that I associate with the hermit card. And strength and the hermit are the two cards that precede the Wheel of Fortune in that second leg of the journey. And then serenity right? Serenity is something that we are trying to establish in the second leg of the major arcana journey as we can see ourselves working towards temperance. And serenity is a word that I really would put with the temperance card. So that is Wheel of Fortune. It is a moment where we step beyond building our resources as we have been doing so far in the journey. And we see their limitations and understand that the goal is not to be able to control everything by having resources, right? We don't just resource our way to being able to transcend human experience, but the goal is to know how and when to use them in order to cope and to regulate ourselves and to be able to live in this world in a way that is tolerable, if not often really enjoyable. And the Wheel of Fortune card is also followed by justice, where we hit a moment where it is all about accepting and we cannot control anything, and we have zero agency in a situation, right? So we're setting ourselves up for that moment of, of the sword of justice slicing through our lives. Now, I realize that I keep using this word resources, and you might not have any clue what I mean by that. And I just want to say real quick that what I mean is internal resources. And so essentially skills and knowledge that we have inside that we can use when we meet a certain challenge and that help us to navigate and survive that challenge. So anxiety regulation skills are resources. Um, and we'll talk a lot more about that. So I'm going to talk about resources very much specifically in a future episode, and that'll get woven in a lot this season. But I just wanted to clarify that since I'm using that word here. So the world right, has Wheel of Fortune as an echo card. The echo, as I've mentioned in the past few episodes, is there to remind us that we have encountered this energy in some way before, in a simpler form. 
So though we may be tempted to think the world is a place where we suddenly are absolved of all anxiety, it isn't. It is a deeper and more profound application of that lesson from the Wheel of Fortune. An ability to really just know what we can and cannot control. To know it so deeply in our bones that we are able to effectively and internally respond to anxiety when it pops up. This allows us to be in touch with the spiritual realm and to stay in touch with the human world. We have one foot firmly planted on each side. We aren't dissociating and going into some mythical, blissed out, and disconnected state. We are staying present. Present with ourselves, present with the people around us, present with our emotions. We are responding to the problems around us and contributing to the collective. We are not disconnected or dissociated here. And we are able to stay grounded and responsive as we encounter unknown challenges on the way. So let's take a quick break and then we'll talk a little bit more about this card. Rulock Radio is made commercial-free by the generous support of its listeners. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can join our Patreon group. A $5 per month contribution gets you access to special deals and discounts, as well as access to the Rootlock Radio Tarot Discussion Forum. In this forum, hosted on Discord, you can chat regularly with me and other Rootlock Radio listeners. It is a great place to bring your tarot questions and reflections and to find support and inspiration in your tarot journey. You can also support me by purchasing one of my tarot PDF books or by enrolling in my self-directed virtual tarot course. All of this can be found on my website, rootlocktarot.com. Another great way to support the podcast that's totally free to you is to rate and review it wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps new listeners to discover Rootlock Radio. And of course, to keep up to date, follow me on Instagram at RulockTarot and sign up for my email newsletter. Regardless of all that, you show your support by listening to Rulock Radio. And thank you so much. Let's look at the imagery on the world card. We see a female-bodied human figure floating in front of a wreath, holding two wands, and surrounded by figures that symbolize the four fixed signs of the zodiac, and therefore embody the four basic elemental energies. Now, I think like the Fool, the world is not a card that is easy to create an image for, and so What we see here is an attempt at depicting what this card is here to show us. The figure is floating in front of a wreath. Perhaps this is an integration of that lightness that we see first see in the fool, right? The fool has like kind of a bounce in their step. Maybe this is a a way of showing us that 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 bounce has been integrated. 
And the wreath may be that portal that gives us access to the spiritual side of things. Yet the figure is not sucked into the portal, but kind of hovering in front of it has access to it. And the portal is not something you go through because you remain human, right? With the limitations that being a human involves. So the portal is basically another resource and represents what you can access when you regulate anxiety. And if we want to cultivate full presence, we need to do it in all four elemental realms. So that's why we have those four figures all around. We need to have presence with our vitality, which is fire. We need to have presence with our feelings, which is water. We need to have presence with our physical bodies, which is earth. And we need to have presence with our thoughts, which is air. So those four figures show us that we aren't leaving these things behind we are actually more aware of them than ever. And in The Magician, the wand is this tool that is used to channel spiritual energy into the human realm, right? It's kind of like taking something out there in the ether and channeling it down into our human realm. The wand is then a conduit of sorts, right? So here the figure is holding the, isn't, is not holding the wand up, right? but is rather comfortably holding one wand in each hand. So this channeling seems to be more natural and more integrated into the moment-to-moment experience. So we're seeing how these like skills that show up earlier in the journey, like the magician's channeling, are integrated and become sort of comfortable and second nature and something that we're able to do in a moment-to-moment way. And that's exactly what the world card is about. We have integrated all of these lessons from the journey. We have encountered so many different situations in which anxiety and the limits of our ability to control have presented themselves. And at this stage, we have effectively responded to each challenge, right? That's how we got here. And so we have everything we need. We have gone as far as we are capable of going. And our anxiety is likely to make us think that is not far enough, but that is not the point. Because we need to stay connected and integrated in the human world. And if we're in the human world, we have anxiety. We have no other choice because we're humans in human bodies with human nervous systems. So tarot may be a tool that helps us to access the spiritual side of things, but it is not a tool to dissociate us from what it means to be human. And as humans, we do not want that, right? Because then we're kind of giving up the whole point of being here as a human. So it is important not to get thrown off by the fact that this card is at the end of the journey and to think that drawing it means that you have arrived and you are done needing to grow. The journey is an archetype. And in reality, we do not go on this linear journey of evolving in the way that it is depicted in the major arcana. We are cycling through these lessons in all kinds of ways, all the time. And so we can have world moments many, many times in our lives, and we can jump right back to an earlier card in the journey afterwards. When we draw a card in tarot, it is a prompt for reflection, right? So let's not get too caught up in making this journey metaphor something literal, right? Drawing a card is a prompt to reflect with that card. It tells us to consider our situation in relation to what this card represents. 
I can't know if the cards come up with any kind of divine significance or if it really is just random. I don't think that I can know that. Um, That's my personal take on it. And I don't think it's for me to say, especially to you, to tell you that I believe one way or another about how or why the cards come up in the way that they do. But it doesn't really matter because each card is an opportunity to reflect and reframe the situation we are drawing cards over. So when we do draw the world card in a reading, it is asking you to consider what it is like to look at the situation through that lens. What if you know that you have all that you need and that the best thing to do is stay present in the situation and stay responsive to what is happening? How would that change your view of that situation? What if you know that anxiety may come up, but this card asks you to see anxiety as a nervous system response that gets in the way of accessing that sort of spiritual side of things where we feel really calm and grounded and connected. You cannot know what will happen, but this card invites you to stay present and understand that this is the key to navigating what is happening. So a lot of the themes are similar, right, to the fool and justice. So how is it different? Well, here's what I think. The fool We are looking at the situation through a really simple lens. You just do not know. That's kind of it. It is an invitation to see what you are dealing with as a big unknown and to have presence with that. Unknowns tend to invite anxiety, but the fool wants us to just enjoy the freedom that the unknown can also bring if you're able to shift your focus. And so just being present with the idea that You're basically standing on a precipice looking out at a huge unknown. With justice, we're taking it a step further in a way. When we recognize that we have no agency in a situation, what do we do? How is it to look at a situation as something that you absolutely cannot change? How can you stay present with all the anxiety that that brings up? So we can take what we learn in The Fool and apply it to a particularly challenging situation where it's not necessarily an unknown. We recognize we are essentially on a raft without oars, riding through some rapids. We add some trust and emotional strength in with the presence and begin to see that there is a form of agency here, actually. So right when we think that we don't have any agency, It's this internal regulation where we turn to take some some agency, right? It's not about external actions. It's about turning inward and taking care of what's happening inside of us in response to that situation where we have no control. And then with the world, we are integrating all that we have learned along the way into a really skilled form of presence we are accessing a kind of portal, and again, that's a metaphor, a portal that we have just learned to access through all the challenges we have faced in the journey of our lives. So getting to presence is more of an active process in the world than it is in the fool. And we have a lot more to do in the world than we have in injustice. So with the world, you may be in a chaotic situation, not necessarily a new one, and you are being invited to get back in touch with your skills, tools, and knowledge to regulate anxiety, stay present and responsive, and that 
is your agency. It is asking you to recognize that anxiety will come up and that you may need to regulate your nervous system. It's kind of like a big moment, like this is a big culmination of all this stuff, right, that you've been learning. And it may be really challenging, right? It might be the most challenging moment, but you can do it. And when you are skilled at doing this, then you can kind of handle anything. So it kind of feels like a big level up, right? Where you're like, wow, I really used my skills there and it worked, right? I was able to handle something that maybe I thought I couldn't handle. So this doesn't mean you won't have feelings. You will, of course you will. And you'll want to stay present with your feelings along with your thoughts and what's happening in your physical body in your own sense of vitality and energy, right? Remember those four realms. The world takes the thesis of the tarot and really puts it into practice in a more advanced way and with a sense of mastery and competence. Rulock Radio is a podcast for uncloaking, learning, and exploring the tarot cards. It is written and produced by me, Weston. Music for the podcast is provided by Shenandoah Davis and Jeray. You can find links for both of these incredible artists in the show notes. To support the podcast, consider joining the Patreon community. And if you love Rulock Radio, don't forget to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and write a kind review. To learn more about me and the tarot goods and services I have to offer, please visit my website, rootlocktarot.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you'll join me next time for Rootlock Radio. Radio.